Welcome to the Erickson Covenant Podcast. We are so glad that you've joined us today. We confess that we don't have all the answers, but as a community, we seek to find and follow Jesus and to discover daily the life he has always wanted for us. We hope this message will be encouraging and will inspire you to take the next steps on your spiritual journey. If we can help you in any way, please connect with us. The easiest way is through our website at ericksoncovenant.ca. Let's get started. Hello, Bill Plant here, and welcome to the service today at Erickson Covenant Church. And it's my great privilege to share with you thoughts from John 4, the woman at the well as she encounters the Lord Jesus. It's interesting in the scripture how many times when God um, meets people where they are, God takes the initiative. We see this with Abraham. We see it with Moses, Jacob, and so on. But then we see other places where people sought the Lord Jesus. We see that with Nicodemus. We see that with the disciples that first were following John and then started to follow Jesus. Today, we find this astounding account of the Lord Jesus encountering the woman of Samaria at the well by Sychar. And it's really quite amazing, and there's a lot of, we call them New Testament firsts here, as the Lord Jesus encounters this woman. He reveals to her this woman with so many personal problems He reveals ideas and thoughts about faith and God that are really outstanding, and he had never talked about to the religious leaders. And yet here at the well, he talks to the woman at the well about these. To begin with, we see that Jesus is both a barrier breaker and a bridge builder. As we see in the account It says Jesus needed to go through Samaria. Now, that's an interesting text because he didn't need to go through Samaria. Often, the Jews, particularly the ones who were really devout in their their religion, they would take another route that would take them across the Jordan, way up and then across the Jordan again just to avoid Samaria. But it said the Lord Jesus had to go through Samaria. Now, that's not a coincidence, because we see something phenomenal here. That is, Jesus is the prepared servant. He was the one who later said, look unto the fields, they're white to harvest, and that my meat is to do my father's work. And then, uh, secondly, there was this lady the Lady of Samaria, who was also being prepared for this special meeting, although she didn't know it. So it's quite a time, and uh, Jesus, as he sits there, tired from his trips, and the disciples had gone to town to buy food, so he was alone, and behold, along comes a Samaritan woman to draw water. Now, quite astounding are a couple of things. Number one, she comes in the middle of the day, noon. 
Now, normally all the ladies and people that draw water come in the morning. But as we found out, she's probably a woman with quite a reputation. So here she comes in the middle of the day. No one else is around. And Jesus was there already sitting near the well. The first thing he says is, Woman, uh, could you please share some water with me? Well, that literally blew her out of the water. Because number one, he's a man. And men, particularly Jewish men of faith, would not talk to any woman in public. That was just not done by those that were trying to stay religiously clean. Secondly, he's a Jew, she's a Samaritan, and she said, How is it, sir, that you being a Jew ask me, a Samaritan woman, for a drink? For isn't it true that the Samaritans or the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans? And of course, uh, that is true, and it was really a one-way prejudice. It was largely because of the whole history of Jews and Samaritans that she's referring to that go way back into the Old Testament around 721 B.C. when, uh, when uh, the Assyrians took the Jews captive, or many of them. There were some left in this area called Samaria later, and they were left there, and they intermarried with the Assyrians. And a, a long story made short, they formed their own ver- version of Old Testament worship as they still believed in the Torah, but then they synchronized it with a lot of pagan ideas. And then they intermarried, so they became a people that the religious Jews looked upon as unclean. To the point whereas not only would you not go through their land, you wouldn't even talk to a Samaritan man, and you'd have no dealings with them. But here we see the Lord Jesus, and here's the first principle. We see him, the master bridge building. Now, years ago, in my, in when I was a, a younger pastor, way back in the 70s, I believe, there was a man on the mission field called, called Don Richardson struggling to convey the gospel to these uh, aboriginal tribes of headhunters. And it seemed every time he approached a way to reach them, he just came up against a dead end. And then he found a way of doing it through one of the beliefs they had, and he began to see that God had put within this culture what he later called a religious, or pardon me, a redemptive analogy. And that is a bridge, something that these people were familiar with, a story, a belief that was like a bridge from where the truth is to where they were. And so here the Lord Jesus, as he had asked her for water, then said, if you knew the gift of God. And secondly, who who it is here that's saying to you that I'm asking you for a drink, you would ask him for the living water and he would give you 
the living water. Well, this really got her attention because after all, the background of the Samaritans had everything to do with this well, which was Jacob's well. And so right away she says, are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us this well? So she's still on the plane of the natural. Jesus is on the plane of the supernatural, or that is spiritual meaning relationship of God and man. And then he says again, he who drinks this water will thirst again. And the water I give, though, will be like a spring within you, springing up to eternal life. Well, she's still on the natural plane, and she says, well, if you can give me that kind of water, why don't you give it to me? And, uh, of course, uh, she's, she's sort of bit the hook. That is, she's starting to cross that bridge, but then he suddenly stops when she says, Sir, please give me this water so I don't need to thirst again. Thinking naturally still. And so Jesus says to her, which was quite shocking, quite startling, uh, could you go and get your husband and come back here to the well? Well, he hit the point when he said, call your husband. He's touching a nerve in her life. He's, he's opening her up to realize that there's a lot of stuff going on and she really needs to deal with it before God. And so she says, well, I haven't got a husband, as you, as you read there. And Jesus' response, you remember in the text is, you've spoken truly because you don't have a husband. You've had five in the past, and the man you're with now is not your husband. Now, you can read all kinds of things into that. Did some of these husbands die? Was she several, several times divorced? Was there separations? Or was she just the town promiscuous lady? But him saying this shows a remarkable thing that brings a truth to light, and that is his omniscience. Jesus knows already everything about this woman. And uh, she's taken back because this is shocking that someone she's never met has, has brought forth all of the secrets of her life. And she says, well, you must be a prophet. And, of course, with that, she's getting very uncomfortable under the searchlight of Jesus' words. So it's time to change the topic. And you'll notice when, when you and I or others are dealing with people, and, we get, and they get very close often to wanting to deal with God and to deal with the claims of Christ and, and what he's discovering in their life, there, there's often an initial resistance to the conviction of the Holy Spirit. There can be excuse-making, there can be pulling back, and in this woman's case, there's what we call diversion. And so she gets into a topic which, of course, should get him way off track. Normally, if it was you and me, 
Uh, here she's setting us up for a great discussion and argument. And that is, she says, our fathers, meaning the, the fathers of the Samaritan people, worshipped at this mountain, that is Gerizim, right near the town of Sychar. But you Jews, really, you say we have to worship at Jerusalem. So here's the setup. She's baiting him to get into an argument. Now, here's another great lesson. Number one, you see Jesus has built a bridge, and she's diverted it now to another topic, and she wants to get into an argument to get away from dealing with her own life. And uh, so she brings up this, and of course, there's lots of grounds here for great arguments. And uh, it reveals that, number one, she's very much aware of their background, the Samaritans, and of course, the Jewish background. And Jesus, instead of getting pulled into this, says to her, It's not where you worship, ma'am. It's not the place you worship. It's not the outside uh, stuff that goes along with it, the rituals and so on. But rather, it's how you worship. And he also brought up a very interesting thing. Rather than getting into a big argument, he says, he says, you Samaritans are very confused in your worship. You worship what you don't know. And that's because of the syncretism of paganism mixed with the Torah. And then he said an interesting thing. Salvation is of the Jews. And of course, what he's really referring to the Jews, through uh, the genealogy, through the promises to the fathers, through the prophets, uh, the, the covenants were given to them, and they were the means by which God was going to bring the Savior into the world. So he said, salvations of the Jews, and then that brings up a point. We always have to remember, in the minds both of the Jews that time and the Samaritans, what did salvation actually mean? It didn't mean what Jesus was talking about. To them it meant, of course, the Messiah bringing deliverance from their enemies. But here he brings up a point which, which she would have to go away and think about. And remember, a lot of encounters of Jesus with people, he would, he would share truth with them, and they were absolutely puzzled but then it would be fodder to go away and think about. They would go away, ponder it, and think about it. And those that were truly interested would then come back for the answers. And so he says to her, he shares with her, that uh, true worship, the, the worship that God seeks, isn't this mountain or that mountain, that place or this place but rather it's worshiping God in spirit and in truth. And of course, that's based on a lot of Old Testament truths, isn't it? Going right back to the beginning, loving God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself, that's the essence of worship. 
The fear of the Lord's the beginning of wisdom. So worshiping God in spirit's not a new thing, but it's certainly new to these people that had become, I would say, blinded by ritualistic religion. And so he's bringing her back to this great truth. And of course, as she ponders that uh, and thinks about it, he then discloses to her again. He, uh, she tries to get on to another topic, and this is so interesting through this whole account, where she says, uh, when the Messiah comes, now notice that's interesting. Here is a Samaritan woman at the well saying, and when the, when the Messiah comes, the anointed one of God, he will teach us all things. And then he ponders, pardon me, he stops, and he says, I who speak to you am he. And what a tremendous revelation that is to her. And so we come to this point again in, in this whole story. We have these principles coming out that we should be able to use in our own personal evangelism and understanding, of course, the needs of people, and uh, and we're to put these into practice in our own lives. And as he goes on, when the disciples come back and they see him at the well with the woman, and it says they marvel that she he's talking to this woman. Now remember that word marvel means probably shocked that she he's talking to her. And uh, he gets into a discussion with them. But at any rate, uh, he goes on to talk about, again, look to the fields. And so you and I, he's using this as a great lesson as for you and I to not take any meeting with people coincidentally. This wasn't a just a haphazard meeting with the woman. This was a divine appointment. And God sets our lives up so if we're walking with God, we become the prepared agent of the truth. And God's always working in people around us. We don't know what he's doing. And here's a case where the woman had no idea that this was going to happen. But obviously, she was being prepared. She was uncomfortable with her life. She was probably super embarrassed. She was lost and so on. And so we see the lessons we learn is, number one, look to the fields. They're white. I think another thing that comes out is Jesus' built-in compassion because he walks with God. He sees these needy people. And so as we uh, go through our daily life and meet people, a thing we can always be praying is, are these people ready? Are they being prepared? Secondly, is there a bridge? Is there a bridge in their life? Is there something that they're talking about that I can use to present the truth to them? And then knowing that, like Jesus did with the woman, we are going to have diversions. We're going to have people wanting to argue and so on. But notice how the master evangelist keeps bringing it back to the main thing. And 
And so that's something that we learn from this ourselves, that we learn that great principle. Now, this lady, this woman at the well, uh, he's told her he's the Messiah. And when she goes back into town after the disciples arrive, she tells the people, this man told me everything I've done, which kind of says there probably was more in the discussion than just your five husbands. He said, he, she says, he told me everything. So there had been something going on there where he brought it forth. But notice again, we don't find a spirit of condemnation, but a spirit of invitation to him, the Messiah. And she's starting to put it together. Even though he said, I'm the Messiah, by the time she gets to town, she says, is this one who told me everything, is he the Messiah? Well, after she shares her testimony with them, it says many believe, and then they go out to meet Jesus at the well and bring him back to town for a couple of days. And many of them believe, not just because of the woman, but of course, because of his own teaching and miracles. So what an astounding story. I mean, we could still take lots of it apart and look at it. But if you and I can glean these, these main points, that number one, we're the people called to break barriers and build bridges and not become prejudicial, judgmental, and people that reject other people by their backgrounds. This woman had everything in her life by which any righteous ritual-keeping Jew would just keep her at arm's length even farther. Jesus builds a bridge to her, talks to her. And I wonder in our lives if there's if there's people we've written off subconsciously even uh, because of our own backgrounds that we need to rethink about, that they may be there prepared even though they're certainly not living a lifestyle that's appropriate to our beliefs. So think it through. You're called to be a person that sees the fields white to harvest. You're to see that our lives as children of God aren't just lives to be lived, but our encounters with people, our opportunities. And we're to pray for these people we meet, asking God for the wisdom to recognize a bridge, to recognize diversions, to recognize conviction, and always remembering you don't need to unload everything all at once on a person. It's often a process, little by little. First of all, living water. Later, call your husband. Later, I am the Messiah. And so think of these things because God wants you to be a bridge builder to the up and out, to the down and out, to everyone. You're the bridge, you're the eyes, you're the feet, you're the hands of the Lord Jesus. Shall we pray? 
Lord God, we thank you so much for this account. We thank you so much for what Jesus teaches us about ourselves, about others, about the strategies of evangelism, how the Spirit works, being sensitive to people that are being convicted by the Holy Spirit, led by him to seek answers, and grant us the wisdom to know how to answer people in that simple wisdom and love. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening in today. We hope you feel encouraged and challenged. If you know someone who would benefit from what you have heard today, please share this podcast. For more information, or if you have questions, you can connect with us through our website, ericksoncovenant.ca. You can also find us on Facebook by searching for Erickson Covenant Church.